Hello and welcome to Show and Tell, the podcast series from the RPG Academy, where we bring on a guest and we talk about something cool. Today's guest is Carlos. He is a game designer as well as the art director for Burning Games, which you may know from their Faith sci-fi um, card-based RPG. And last year they released a sort of updated version called Faith Garden in Hell, and it was very successful on Kickstarter, and soon, depending on when this comes out, it will be available in the U.S. and, and retail stores. So, Carlos, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. We are happy to have you. Uh, long-term listeners might remember that Faith was actually one of the very first trials that we ever did. This was like yeah. three years ago now or something. I don't know. It's a long, long time ago. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I really enjoyed that game system. Uh, I've kind of been... Fat infatuated with card-based mechanics since then. I, I still play a lot of just traditional D&D, but I really like the the concept of card-based mechanics. I, I don't know that you're the first ever to have done that, but you're the first I ever experienced with it. Uh, since then, a couple others come out, like Phoenix, Dawn Command, and something like that. So, so, so good on you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, well, card-based mechanics have been around, I think, since always, but I guess we gave it uh, a good speed. So, uh, so what we want to talk about today is Garden in Hell, which again has been out for a while. It was on Kickstarter a while ago, but it's just now going to be available to U.S.-based customers outside of the Kickstarter. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. We are working with several distributors, and uh, the game will reach the U.S. Well, actually, the games are already in the U.S., but they're on the on the trucks and they're getting uh, moved around. So, I guess in the next few weeks. The, you will find it in your local store. Well, okay. in every local store, the U.S. is so big. Not in a few. Right. Yeah. Now, so if someone wants to purchase it through the internet, they don't want to go to a local game store, they don't have a local game store, can they still buy it directly from your company? Can they buy it from online retailers? Yeah. So if you go to our website, uh, you can find it. So use Google Us, Burning Games, Faith, RPG, and you will find us. And we have a online store, and you can get it from there. Okay, and I'll put links in the show notes to make it easy for everybody as well. So let's talk about what exactly this is. So it's the the name of the box set is Faith Garden in Hell. Is this an expansion of the original game? Is it a, is it a new setting, or is it just sort of a uh, a reimagining? Like, what exactly is this product for people who know what Faith is, or for people who don't know what Faith is? All right. So Faith Garden in Hell is a starter set. It's a starter set like the Pathfinder or the D&D starter set. So it comes with the rules you need to get the game started, with pre-generated character seats, so you can start playing straight away, with a sword campaign that, depending on your, um, on your gameplay style, will take you from 7 to 12 sessions of play to complete. And also all the cards and all the enemies all the tools that GM needs to, to fulfill that campaign. And that's basically what the product is. A starter set, you just buy that, you can play the game, try it, see if you like it. And it doesn't dwell too much into the game setting, other than through the story that you're playing, right? But you get a feeling of the setting, you get plenty of feeling about the mechanics and how you play it, and we hope you people will like it. Okay, and for those that are not, again, not familiar with Faith, how would you explain the card-based mechanics to them? Because you don't play with dice. Everything is based off of these cards that you have. Yes. 
So, so can you somewhat succinctly wrap up how the game plays? Let's try. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Babies played uh, with a pocket deck. Okay. Uh, so basically, everyone draws. Uh, well, you could have a pocket deck per person, or you could share one. Uh, it, the difference only is that how much luck will matter afterwards. If you have your own deck, luck will be less important. If you share the deck, you will share the same odds with everyone. Uh, and therefore, how you play it. You have a pocket deck, and then you draw seven cards to your hand. Uh, your hand of card represents the stamina of your character, and therefore, when you play cards and you start uh, to have less cards in your hand, that's kind of how the game represents you becoming exhausted. When you only have one card, you will know what I'm talking about because you will suffer, okay? And how do you play? Basically, there's a single mechanic to resolve things, which is called a confrontation. How that works is everyone has a skill level. They compare their skill level. Whoever has the lowest value will play cards from his hand until he has a higher value, okay? He will add the value of the card. So if he plays a seven, he will have plus seven. And you can play as many cards as your attribute, okay? So you have, for example, Ballistic 7 and Dexterity 2. You will start your action with a value of 7, and you can play up to two cards to increase that, okay? Right. So people think that because you play with cards, uh, everything is kind of like given. So you see the values, and you have to make the calculations straight away. Uh, but it's not really like that, because always the player who has the lowest action value has to play next. Therefore, it usually goes like, I play one card, my opponent plays another one, then I play another card, and he plays another. So you never really know what is going to happen. Right. Basically, how we want to, you to experience faith is that rather than the um, randomness mechanic feeling like luck, we want it to feel like an effort. So playing high cards will represent an effort, and playing low cards will represent uh, a small effort. That is represented in the game because when you play cards up to the value of your skill, you get to draw another card to your hand. And therefore, you keep your hand of cards uh, big and you still are full of options. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, and again, I've, I've played the game once, so it's been a long time ago. So I do have some some slight familiarity with the with the game. Yeah. And, uh, and that is kind of what I remember of it. And I don't want to keep drawing comparisons to other games, but... Like, for example, Phoenix Dawn Command, you know what you have to match, and then you have cards in your hand, and you can choose whether or not you want to spend enough cards to match that number. With Faith, it's different because you don't know what you ultimately need yeah. because it is a back-and-forth mechanic where you start, I then just try to beat your number, then you have the option of beating my number, and you're limited by how many cards you can play, but it still it adds a bit of tension because you don't know when you play your card if that's going to be successful or not in a lot of cases. There, there might be some yeah. where you just know the math well enough to know that, well, they can't get higher than me if I play this card. Yes. But a lot of the time there is going to be a, I hope this is enough. Or, or even the strategy of, I may have a higher card I want to save because I think my three is high enough to beat your number. And it will leave me a higher card, and then it turns out it's not high enough, or something else happens that makes it not high enough. So I did really enjoy that back and forth mechanic and the sort of the drama and tension that comes from it. Yeah, uh, yeah, you still get that feeling that is very cool with dice that 
you have like very little chances and you roll and their goals are 20. Wow, and everyone laughs. And that, 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 that's very cool with dice. And we try to keep that with the card mechanic here. So it still can happen. You can still play a one and think you're going to lose. And then suddenly the other player, the, the, the NPC plays randomly also a one. And it, it goes the same way. Yeah. Now, and again, that's something to, again, to make sure that I'm, I'm correct, that there are times when you play against the deck which is like a blind draw for the GM to, to yes, turn a card over. So they don't even know what they have. And then other times, if you're fighting like a nemesis, then they have a poker hand too. Is that correct? Mm, well, it depends. So basically, players always have a hand of cards, and they always play for their hands. There are a few exceptions, but the things we call passive actions, uh, actions that don't require an effort, and therefore you can play them from the, uh, your deck. But NPCs usually play from the deck randomly. So you never really know what the, the NPC is going to do. Obviously, the GM also has a hand of cards, so he can use that uh, to increase the chances of success of his um, NPCs. So if he wants to keep alive some NPC uh, for whatever reason, uh, because it's important for the story, uh, he can uh, use high cards for that. There is actually one Nemesis character who has his own hand of cards, but that's the only the only one. He does. Okay. It's very rare, and he's like a very, very high level dude. Okay. So, so again, that was the thing I was, I was trying to remember. So, the, so the DM has their own hand, yeah. and they can choose to play from it, or they can choose to just do the blind draw off the top of the deck. Yeah. Okay. Most of the times they will do random because they will uh, the GM runs out of cards rather fast. So, uh, the hand of the GM is basically a more it's a tool for the GM to intensify the tension. Or, as I said, keep some NPC alive that he needs. Okay. Now, if again, if I recall in the, in the earlier version, one of the ways that you advanced, or I guess I should say the way that you leveled, is when you went through your deck. Like every time you cycled your poker deck, that was when you would advance or you would, there was something that would trigger there. Is that still the case or has that changed? No, no, no. That, that was a mechanic we were playing around with the, um, in the beta version. Okay. Because we thought it was it was rather cool and it, it felt like it fitted, but we realized that uh, fighting characters always end up playing more cards. Okay. Characters who like to focus on other things. So we have gone back to the regular, let the GM decide kind of what experience to to get to keep the players and so on. Okay. Now, in comparison to again, D and D is the game I'm most familiar with. When you advance, does it feel like you're advancing in D and D, or or how does that? How do you increase your character's proficiency in this game? It's not a level based uh, advancement. So basically, you can use the experience to gain upgrades. Because it's a sci-fi game, you can become a cyborg or mutate yourself, and you can increase your skills. You can increase your attributes. As I said, you can gain those abilities like a mechanical arm that can turn into a weapon. A, a computer installed directly into your brain, things like that. And um, that's what you will find in Garden in Hell. Uh, when we release the core set, which is, will be in Kickstarter uh, rather soon, uh, we are in also introducing a talent mechanic. Basically, faith skill system is uh, rather simple. There are only 12 skills. And we really like it because it keeps, it keeps things very streamlined. And uh, you always feel that like you can do a little bit uh, 
And, but we wanted to give you also that extra branching that uh, many RPG players really like. And we are doing a talent mechanic. And how that works is that when you reach a certain level of your skill, uh, skills go from zero to nine, so it would be at five, and then at seven, and then at nine, you get a talent. So that talent represents a little bit more of what you, something specific that your character is good at. So for example, we don't have like taming animals as a skill. We have survival. That kind of is a, a skill that takes care of everything required for surviving in nature, taking care of things like that. Uh, but if you want your character to be specifically good with animals, when you reach survival five, you can get that talent that says you are pretty good with animals, and you get an extra abundance uh, for that. Okay, so that brings up a, a kind of a question about the advancement that struck me. If if I'm understanding the core mechanic correctly, that if I increase my skills, that means I will have a higher starting value, yes. which means it's more likely the opponent will go first, which gives me an advantage because I can see what they are starting with. But if I increase my attribute, that gives me the ability to play more cards, yes. which could give me the ability to to have a little bit more um, power to control what cards I play at the time. So I, I really like the fact that either way can help you, but each one helps you in a little bit of a different way. Yes, exactly. And also when you increase your skill, you increase uh, the value with which you will draw cards. So remember, every time you play a card up to the value of the skill you're using, you get to draw a new one. So imagine you have a very high attribute, but a very low skill. Uh, you might get things done because you will play very high cards, but you won't draw back. And therefore, that means your character just got very tired because he was trying to do something he's not good at. But you can actually pull it if you if you sacrifice enough cards. Now you mentioned that the the garden in, a garden hell sorry a garden in hell box set doesn't get a lot into the the, the story the setting of the world. Uh, it's more of just like a, this is how you can get started. But the story of the of the universe is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And and I really like the fact that again I mentioned this when we when we played originally that the game is called Faith and there's a lot of sort of almost like you know deity related interactions like there's these things that people think of deities but it's a hard sci-fi setting which they don't usually put those two together so do you want to talk a little bit about the setting for people who might be interested sure sure let's do it okay so faith is called faith because in this universe there are five gods these gods don't have a physical presence they want throw thunder from the skies what they do is they empower people who believe in whatever is that god holds us true, okay? So they are all enemies of each other, actually, because they hold very different uh, values and views. So the way it works is the, the more you follow a specific path as a player character, the more uh, chances you have of being granted special powers. And well, like you said, the setting uh, tries to be um, a little bit of hard uh, sci-fi. This is the only way through which you will be able to break the laws of physics and do crazy things, like move through walls, teleport, telekinesis, and things like that. So uh, you don't actually have to follow any of the gods. Uh, you will still have a very uh, cool character. You're enhancing yourself with uh, cybernetic 
parts and mutating and stuff like that. But if, if you feel like you want to follow the path of one of these gods, you will have very cool powers. And we think it's a, it will give you like a frame, frame of mind for how to behave when you're using that character. So it's a little bit like the, um, the love and hate mechanic from D&D of... Um, Alignment? Alignments, yeah. But instead of just being there uh, in this game, you become empowered if you actually use it. Now, so the reason I wanted to bring up that, that connotation is because the name of this, this box set, A Garden Hell, is kind of, it seems like it connects in some way because of the fact. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I don't want any spoilers, but can you explain a little bit about what that means? Yes. So uh, faith, the faith setting is based around alien species. It's a bit weird that way. It's actually, faith is actually a hard game to explain. <laughs> yeah, because it's sci-fi, hard sci-fi with gods, and it, humans are a minor species. They actually, they don't really matter. They are mercenaries uh, who work for the powerful alien empires. Okay, so there are two powerful alien empires, and they are fighting a cold war against each other, but they are both threatened by this biologically crazy uh, species who are called the Ravager. These guys go around, they eat whole planets, and they use the DNA they obtain uh, to create new creatures. So they are always expanding and they're always uh, evolving. And this campaign is based around the coalition. The coalition is a united force by both alien species, the Corvo and the Eagle, who, even if they hate each other, they are very scared of their larger threat. So you are part of the coalition, and the campaign begins when you cross into a planet following a Ravager queen. The Ravager are a hive kind of, kind of society, so they have a queen and then they respond. And <clears throat> basically, you have fought her in the space, you chased after her, she crossed into this planet after being severely wounded. You went down uh, into the planet trying to take her alive or something like that. And suddenly you get shot down and all of everyone gets shot down and you are now trapped inside an alien planet with crazy alien vegetation, which uh, we have very cool art for uh, because we had a very, very cool uh, artist who makes wonderful alien nature illustrations. And you will be trapped in that planet and your mission is basically, well, first of all, try to survive, good luck with that. And second, maybe kill or capture the Robbie Queen. And that's what the campaign is about. So it will be about your adventure as a group, uh, trying to survive in that Helis garden. And you did mention the art, and I will say that, again, from, from the original game that I played, you guys were kind enough to send us a, a, a starter set sort of package so we could play. The art is really freaking cool. I haven't seen the updated versions for, for this particular game, but the one, I thought the, the original art was very cool as well. Thank you. Yeah, we, we're still working hard on it, and every time we, we make a new batch, we try to improve. So I think you will like the Garden in Hell, and you will like the new corset as well. Okay, so let's let's uh, let's finish up the conversation about a garden in hell. It's going to hit retail shelves in a couple weeks or so. Uh, we're recording this kind of middle of March, so I would say by April, early April, it should be out in retail stores. Yeah. Uh, do you know what what is the retail price going to be for U.S. based stores? 
thirty dollars. Thirty. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, thirty dollars. $30. Again, this is a starter set for the Faith game. It's a full campaign, 7 to 12 sessions. Uh, it includes everything you need to start playing the game. Have fun with it. I definitely think $30, bucks, it is it is worth that just for the uniqueness of it alone. It's the cool setting, the, the cool mechanics. But you guys are also starting next Tuesday, which again, this will probably be out slightly after that. So it should already be live. You're doing a new Kickstarter for a new product. So So what is that going to be? So that is going to be the corset. So we're doing a traditional corset uh, as in a very large book uh, that you buy and you have everything you need to buy uh, right there. So it's going to be a 300 page book. It might get bigger if the Kickstarter gets bigger, let's hope so, sure. because there's a lot of cool things we want to tell. <laughs> Basically, we are aiming to make a corset that feels very very orientated uh, to help you play. So it will be filled with adventure seats, with characters. There's going to be about 70, 75 NPC characters included in the book. Uh, and they won't be all like these random minions uh, that you can fight around. Uh, there will be many of unique and powerful characters. So you might get involved in the main events of the universe of, of faith. You might get involved in the conflict between the Corvo mega corporations. You might uh, get involved with generals, uh, rebels. So we we hope that you you get that feeling that you matter in the universe of faith. All right. So so just let me for my own sake and for anyone who's listening. The original Faith set was like a box set that came with pamphlets and a bunch of widgets that had like cardboard cutouts and little doodads for you to fill out your character sheet. So this isn't a new box set. It's it's a core book that comes with adventure sheets for you to play, NPCs to interact with. Now, is it a brand new rule set or is it just updated rule sets? Like, do you need both to play going forward? No, 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 no. no. Uh, you can play with either. Uh, just that the new core book will have updated rules. So we have taken a lot of advice and uh, we input and ideas from our backers from the previous campaigns. Uh, we always ask them to give us feedback, uh, how they are feeling about the mechanics when they play them, which ones feel clumsy, which ones feel nice. Um, we have used that to improve, not only improve their actual rules, but also how we write them. Because at the end of the day, it will be up, like you will have to read them and understand them, right? So that's really important. Uh, so we are just hoping that will be cool. Okay, awesome. And so again, that's going to be live Tuesday from when we're recording this. So I'm pretty sure that this will be out after that, probably within a couple of days. But so there will be links in the show notes as well uh, to the Kickstarter. Now, is, is that basically all that Kickstarter is? It's it's one giant book and you either buy it or you don't? No, <laughs> we have more stuff. Uh, we're making a miniature range. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we were requested to make miniatures a lot because people really like the, the character, uh, the look of the characters. So we're making eight miniatures, two for each species, a female and a male. So there are four playable species in the game. Uh, and we're making two of each. And uh, we will introduce uh, a few little rules for you to play with miniatures if you want to. You don't have to, but many people do like to play with miniatures. Uh, so we are indulging them. And we hope uh, people will really like those miniatures because they're they're going to be done by a very cool company. They're called uh, Big Child. 
they made uh, a few games for Cool Minion God, the Dark Age game also. So they, they have very cool designs. Okay. What are we doing? We are also releasing um, more gear as, as in cards. We, we, we use cards for the gear, for the uh, NPCs as well. So you can put them on the table and you have all the information right there and with all the art so you can actually see how things look like, which I find very useful in a sci-fi uh, universe. Usefully, it's hard for me to imagine gear from sci-fi universes without actually seeing it. Sure. Uh, and what else are we doing? I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we will release uh, other source books and things like that if we reach stretch goals. Uh, we, we aim to do that. And we, oh, we're introducing into the game uh, mechanics to play with spaceships. So you will be able to create your spaceship, mod your spaceship, and then play around with it. And we aim to make it a very collaborative mechanic that everyone in the team will feel like they have something to do. It's not something for the pilot to play around. Sure. Only, yeah. Because everyone was asking how. I want to play with space on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, let's let's be fair. If you're flying in outer space, you want to shoot other spaceships. That's just yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we have been working hard on that because we wanted to keep the um, the strong feeling of hard sci-fi and um, complicated technology and things like that, but also make it very streamlined and easy to play. You don't really need to know, like you don't have to be an expert in astrophysics to, to play this. Sure. Okay. It should be fairly easy. Okay. So now the, the Kickstarter again will be out by the time this is listened to, but it's not out yet. Uh, do you have a goal already set for like what's going to be the, the target to, to fund the Kickstarter? Yeah. Uh, 40,000 euros. Okay. And then what is the sort of, I'll, when I do a Kickstarter, there's always two things I like to ask. What is the sort of the, the cheapest thing I can do to get the get the book or get the thing? And then what is the crazy most expensive version? So let's start with the, the normal, like what's sort of the entry level where you expect most people to, to come in at? We expect most people to get into uh, getting the book, two decks, one deck of NPCs and one deck of here. That's kind of like our standard version. Okay. Uh, there is another one for miniature lovers that will be like that plus the eight miniatures. Okay. Those two, you want miniatures or you don't want miniatures versions, uh, are the, the ones we expect most people to get into. The cheapest way would be to get the PDF version, I guess. Okay. And the most crazy one is something that gives you everything. So it would be the book, it would be all the miniatures, uh, a quite large art book we're making. And we had very, a lot of uh, success with our previous art book. Even if it was very, very tiny, it was only 50 pages long. <laughs> uh, and you will, in this crazy reward level, you will be asked to create an NPC. Well, the idea of an NPC, and we will do the art for it uh, under your supervision. And you, we will make a story for him to fit into, into fate and the mechanics and so on. So it will be included in the book. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, so you have like someone you really hate in real life. <laughs> <laughs> while playing fate. <laughs> nice. I want someone I can shoot in the face. I want them to have terrible stats and look ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so uh, so 
again, all very excited, all very cool. I really hope people will take a take a look at the Kickstarter and take a look at the the box set that comes out. Is there anything I didn't ask that you wanted me to because you really want to tell people something? So this this is your chance to tell us whatever we haven't heard yet. Nothing. Just check the Kickstarter campaign. See if you like it. See if you want to play. And ah, yes, one thing. Uh, if you're interested by the game, but you are maybe not convinced or you want to know more before uh, you spend money on it, if you go to our website, you can download the full rules for free and an introduction to the setting, 50, page, 50 pages of setting, also for free. So you can get that and you can learn all about the game and you will find out if you want it or not. Yeah, free versions of the rule, always a good thing. Uh, yeah. I also will will selfishly say you could go back and listen to our playthrough uh, of yes. the game. Again, apparently, it's, it's changed a little since then, but, but still, yes. it's, it's a good time. I think you'll be entertained, uh, if not educated. Uh, so there's yeah. that. You will get the, the idea of how the mechanics work. Some tiny mechanics will change, but you also get the idea of how the experience of playing with friends, the game is like, and so on. So I, I enjoyed it when I listened to it. Awesome. All right. Well, Carlos, thank you so much for, for giving me your time. I know there's a crazy time difference. I don't, is it like 4 a.m. where you're at or something right now or something? No, 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 no. It's um, 3 in the evening. Oh, okay. So it's just, okay. So it's, it's not as crazy as I thought, but still it's a big, big time difference. Uh, we scheduled this for two weeks ago and then I had technical difficulties. So I appreciate you, your willingness and flexibility to, to take care of what I needed to get taken care of. No, it's cool. I, I'm actually happy that we, we got to, to, to speak because, yeah, you were one of the first people to pay attention to us. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are doing very well. I mean, and, and, and again, where are you guys based? Uh, well, in Spain. Spain, okay. Yeah, you, you can probably tell by my accent. <laughs> well, people, <laughs> Sorry get, about that. people get concentrated on my accent, you know, because I'm the hick from Kentucky. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, I think, in, and again, you guys were just a bunch of friends yeah. that decided to make a game, and you were successful, and you've made a company, and now you're making more stuff. That's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're living the dream. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you again for your time. Best of luck with the Kickstarter. Best of uh, luck with the retail sales in the U.S. Uh, I will say that you, you again, were generous enough to send us a copy that we're going to have for a Catacon here in a few months. We're going to give it away as a prize. And I, I still have my Faith Deluxe box set that you gave me from the last one. So I'm a fan. So thanks. <laughs> thank you a lot. Awesome. I'm very glad you liked it. I, I do very much. So thank you again, Carlos. And we will talk to you soon, man. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy Network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGAcademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash vrpgacademy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. 
Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the drive-thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google Plus at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, the Caleb G, at the Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at the RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Yeah.